Hi. Today, I want to tell you about the greatest pleasure I've ever had in my life that occurred this week. And to help you understand the deep pleasure I felt, I'm going to bring on two people who probably don't want to be part of this moment right now. That's Kristen Elanius and Damien Dunn. <laughs> Damien's out of the screen. Hey, guys. Dunn. <laughs> Hello. Um, now, you all know this story. You've heard it. Damien, how many times have you heard this story? Only twice. Okay. Kristen, only once? Only the one time. All right. So our, our poor coworker, Molly, uh, has heard this like five times. But I, I do want to share a story with you all that that was, to me, in all, in, in all sincerity, one of the most pleasurable experiences of my life. And I want to share it with you right now. Good day, Andy, there on the live stream. Okay. I want to take you back 168 at some hours. So last week, last Friday. Uh, I get home. Actually, I wake up in the morning and our refrigerator was on the fritz. Did I talk about our refrigerator on the show? I don't think so. No. So our refrigerator is 16 years old, 16 years old. And anytime something is a home appliance is 16 years old and it starts acting up, Dame, it's hard to think that a, it's going to be worth repairing it. Right. hundred percent. A 16-year-old refrigerator. And so it is like the, the control board is just like flashing or whatever. And and Mrs. Planner's like, well, I'll go to Lowe's and I'll start looking at other fridges. And I was like, I don't really want to spend $2,000 right now. Um, and so I said, honey, I think I got it. She's like, what's that now? And I was like, no, I got it. I'm going to repair it. So I spent some time and I did some research on what I thought the problem was. And then I went to this appliance repair uh, online store and bought a circuit board, like a circuit board with transistors and all these different things on it. Cause I think that was a problem. And, uh, Sunday night around 10, 15 PM, after we've moved all of our food out of our refrigerator, cause it's not refrigerated anymore. We moved it onto our porch and coolers. I live in Carmel. You can't put coolers on your porch in Carmel. You will get kicked out of Carmel. <laughs> So we were on the verge of getting evicted from our, our entire community. And this was the last day. All our food was going to be ruined because the next day was going to warm up a little bit. And I, you know, anyway, and I will also know it's going to take a couple days to get a refrigerator develop, uh, delivered as well. So Sunday night, the part comes at 1015 via uh, Amazon delivery. I put on a nine minute YouTube video. I install the new circuit board. I plug it back in. And ladies and gentlemen, for $132, I saved my 16-year-old fridge. The old circuit board is right here in my hand on the Pizza Planner live stream. There it is. Everyone see it. Dame, here's why I bring this up. Um, My wife looked at me with such love in her eyes. Look at that. She hugged me. She's like, oh my gosh. And I said, honey... We had a, uh, a clothes dryer repairman to the house a few months ago. Did you hug him when he fixed it? Because I this is you're a little over the top, but look at this thing. Dave, that's pretty intense, right? Yeah. Can you point to the transistor on that uh, that board? I can actually. I can. Oh, there are five, uh, seven transistors on this board. And here's the other thing, Dame. I watched an alternate YouTube video that said you could actually just buy the transistors for five bucks. And then re-solder them yeah. in place. Oh. Um, but I said no. And I saved 2000 bucks. It's great. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I couldn't be. I'm probably not as proud of you as Mrs. Planner, but I, I'm, I'm proud of you. It's funny. After it got done, Sarah goes, "Oh, I, oh, pardon me." Mrs. Planner says, uh, "Oh, I bet you're going to tell Dame about this." And I said, "I am." And she goes, "He goes, he'll care, but he replaces his own sump pump, so I don't think you're going to impress him that much." That's what she said. <laughs> She's not wrong. Yeah, I know. Uh, Kristen, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Kristen's hosting a progressive dinner this evening. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, have you ever done a progressive dinner? You yeah. know what it is? Like, Dave, you've done one? Yeah, I've done one. Yeah. Yeah. I've never done one, yeah. I, I, but the concept is odd to me. Yeah. I mean, maybe it sounds fun in theory, and maybe just the people we were with and the houses we were at were lame. I, that could be it too, but it, <laughs> it, it just seems. <laughs> It just seems like DUIs. It just seems like it's like we're gonna go here and yeah. have now these, one, yeah one year for a uh, a holiday work party at a place I was formerly employed. We kind of did a progressive dinner, but we had a limo take us around to all these little hole in the wall bars around Northeast Indiana. Oh, that's fun. That's not a, a progressive lot. dinner. That's I, a bar crawl. A bar crawl. <laughs> quite different. We had, we had food at each of them. I mean. Speaking of limousines, Dame, uh, there is a uh, article in the Times this morning: the long demise of the stretch limousine. The one-time symbol of affluence has fallen out of favor as the rise of Uber, the Great Recession, and regulations hasten a shift to chauffeured vans and SUVs. Uh, do you remember when you're a kid and and some one of your buddies on their birthday would get a limo and you'd all ride around and hang out the top? Like that was a very early '90s moment. I've only been in one limo in my life. Really? Uh, your wedding? No, no, that business party. Oh, that. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I should listen. Prom. <laughs> Kristen, uh, do you take a, a limo to prom? No, definitely not. All right. Never been. Okay, everybody. Um, this week's travels just for a Pete on the road. What do we call it? Where in the world is Peter? Uh, <laughs> What? I, just, Game. I was wondering if you're going to really stretch that out or add extra syllables to Peter or throw Dunn in there. And it was no. Just, no. Yeah, Peter. Just, yeah. Well, Pilot Jeremy has joined us on the live stream right now. Jeremy, uh, I am flying your airline uh, this, this Sunday morning early from my home city to Minneapolis where I'm going to have like a 90-hour layover before I fly to Seattle. <laughs> For oh. another 90-hour oh. <laughs> layover, and then I fly to Bend, Oregon. Actually, Redmond Airport, then drive to Bend. So I'm going to be in Bend, Oregon for a day. A day, Actually, 15 hours next week. So I'm pretty excited about that. I, I sense a meetup happening. I'm going to have an email in my inbox probably before the show's over trying to figure out logistics on this. I mean, Jeremy, think about this. I'm going to be in Minneapolis, a major hub for your airline, for three hours and 55 minutes on Sunday morning. We have to inter intersect. Oh, he's, he, he's a West Coast guy, Pete. Okay, well, Seattle. I'll see him in Seattle. Yeah. I will be sleepless. <laughs> okay, let's do a show. I don't think no one cares about this. Um, we had a company happy hour this week here at the HQ. I had, I had a kombucha. Mm. Me and Jeej had a kombucha. I felt very millennial. Mm. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let the listeners try and guess who was not in attendance at that happy hour. Uh, you. And? Kristen. 
Yeah, it's okay. just two two thirds of the show. You're welcome to come down. You're, there's a limo. Just get a limo. Yeah. Oh, all right. I've, I do have a company card. In three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planet Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com, and here's what happens. You know, it's really up in the air. Like sometimes we'll, you could get caught in spam. We'll never see your email, but sometimes we see it and we're like, not good enough. Not going to answer it. Other times we like it and we read it on the air. And that's what we, as in Kristen Dame and I will do today. Kristen Alanius, Director of Education at Your Money Line. Hello. Hello. Damian Dunn, Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line. Uh, uh, hello. Good day. All right, so uh, let's do an email that came in about a person's benefits at work. Good day, Pete, Dame, and miscellaneous. You get that? Uh, My question for you is about employee benefits. My current employer is asking for anonymous feedback on what improvements and changes we would like to see regarding our benefits and work culture. I'm going to pause here. That's great. I mean, if you've got an employer that cares enough to ask, that's amazing. Agreed. Okay, so I'm going to get weird here. I I know technically I'm on the leadership team here, and as is Dane, but like, uh, wouldn't it be weird if your company never asks questions about this? Wouldn't it be a little weird? Or or do you feel like put out if they don't, or if they're big enough, they can't possibly? Kristen, how do you think about this? Do companies regularly ask employees what benefits they want? Possibly. Yeah, I think that. I mean, if I think about when we were younger, I don't think companies really asked. No, or, I don't either I, I, at all. But now I think it's it's much, much more common because we know there's a big issue with attraction and retention of of good employees. So they've got to try and make sure their work environment is everything they can they can reasonably do to keep their employees happy. Yeah, I also know, we may have talked about this on the show recently, there are certain organizations and industries and companies in which you can compensate people a lot, but the benefits stink, or you can't compensate people very well, but the benefits are amazing. And so I think depending on your industry and the size of your company, that could be a reality back to the email. While I have come up with some suggestions already, I was curious to hear your opinions on what benefits you consider to be the most important for an employer to provide and what would be considered a good package. I thought you may have some insights on this topic from helping business with your money line and could share some of the typical benefits that companies provide. I agree. Yeah, I love this topic. Mm -hmm. For example, what is a typical good 401k match? 50% 50% up to 6%, etc. cetera. I'm going to go through a few questions here and then we're going to come back and answer them. There are, what percentage of health insurance premium costs are typically covered by the employer? What other benefits have been the most important for employers to offer to remain competitive and retain employees? We're still able to work remotely, which has been very popular among my coworkers. Thanks in advance for some additional context. This is a small business less than 25 people in the Midwest providing IT consulting services for over a decade. All right. Ooh, where do you want to start? You want to start with uh, something soft, like hybrid work options and uh, working from home as an option. It is a cost-free benefit, but one that can deliver bang for its buck. Uh, Kristen, you uh, work remotely. Dame, you work mm-hmm. remotely. I guess 
if you were required to come to an office every day, you might not work here. <laughs> uh, if I had, if I was required to go to that office every day, no, I would not work there. Not at least without some significant pay raises, so I could afford a very fuel efficient car. Yeah, Chris, and when you moved back to the Midwest and, and you had this job when you moved back to the Midwest, if you had to work in the office, uh, therefore move to Indianapolis, would you have a, I mean, feel, speak freely here. This is not like a weird test, but like it was very important for you to move where you moved, right? Yeah. And not just having to go into the office, but having that flexibility because life just is so busy. When I think about even the fact that I take for granted, sometimes I was just thinking about this the other day. I sometimes take for granted the fact that I don't have to pay someone to let my dogs out. Like if I've had a long day. So even that flexibility is huge. So maybe not necessarily a fully remote option, but to your point, something like hybrid or, hey, if today's going to be crazy long, do some of it in the office and then go home and do some of it. Yeah, Dame, you got to think that the you know, the pandemic, it, it definitely created this environment where employers are trying to be really smart about these things, you know? Yeah, we. I know um, my perspective changed on this a little bit, and I'm sure your perspective changed on this specific benefit quite a bit. Uh, and if your business sets up well to where you're, you can offer this to your employees, I think it's worth considering. I think so. Uh, now, look, uh, as Dame is, is when you surprised us all this week here at the uh, office. What you got to experience was, man, a lot can get done face to face that just can't get done on Zoom. So there's the other side of it. Let's go back to the, these questions, though. A typical 401k match is 50% up to 6% good. I'll say a typical match is usually somewhere it nets out to 3 to 4%. I, I believe the national average is somewhere like 3.7 or 4.3. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also want to know what this person has is what's called a stretch match, which I actually like a lot, which it still gives them 3%, but they have to put in 6% because it's matched at 50%. Kristen, if you had a stretch match of you had to put in six to get the three, uh, would you be okay with that? Yes, because I think, but I, there's always a because, um, yeah. Because I be, behavioral finance is my jam. I think that if I didn't, I might not always be as inclined to contribute those, you know, few extra percentage points. So I think it, I think it behaviorally benefits me and a lot of people. Damn. I would, I would say there's a additional benefit on 401k that I, I can't believe you didn't just charge right in and say this is what a good 401k absolutely should do. Have a Roth IRA provision. Nope, hundred percent vesting. Hundred percent, yeah. Oh, no vest, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we don't have a vesting schedule, do we? No, hundred percent vesting. No. That's right. I created the plan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're oh, we're just four percent, and then it's a hundred percent vested. Correct. I got a lot going on, guys. Sometimes yeah. I forget things. Um, I will say one thing that we took a lot of pride in and providing here is we pay a lot of a person's health insurance premium. Mm -hmm. I don't know the percentage because I don't remember, but I want to say it's like somewhere between 75 to 90%. It is a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll just say the smaller the employer, the harder that is to do. I mean, that is very hard to do, but to uh, attract top talent, we, we had to do it. And I, I, I like it. So Dame, if a person has a, a small business or they work for a small business, 25 people or less, 
and they don't have a 401k at all, that's not that unusual, right? No, you can, there are a few different types of accounts that you could consider if you want to get retirement plans in front of your, your population. And it, wouldn't be uh, uh, too much of a, a cost. Uh, 401ks often have some some expenses that come along with it for testing and uh, you know, things of that nature, but there are other options that make it pretty darn affordable for you to offer a retirement plan. Other benefits that are important. Okay, so I, again, I, I'll just tell you what we do and then you, and people can, I mean, you guys know, but, but it, you can decide whether this is, makes sense or not. I think we do, uh, we have, of course, PTO, but we do wellness days. If you're sick or you need just a, a mental respite, that doesn't count towards PTO. Just take care of your business. That includes your kids being sick or your parents being sick or, or whatever that might be. Uh, so I think flexible time off uh, is a inexpensive benefit for some organizations. Dame, do you see it that way? Yep. I probably would have answered this a little differently five years ago, but I see the value of it now. All right, here, here's what we're going to do, actually, because I think we've got the time for it. We're going to come back into the break, talk about some additional benefits that you can talk about and ask about. And then we'll get into another question about, uh, I don't know, we want to call it materialism, consumerism, consumption. That's the next question. Because someone emailed askpete at petetheplanner.com, didn't they, Kristen? Yes, they did. Coming up after the break, we'll talk about that. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Pete the Planner Show. I like that our coworkers are laughing that I didn't know that's 100% investment. But you know, here's the thing. I knew that. I created the policy. I just forgot. I got a lot going on. I, I can't believe they're watching it in HQ2. Well, get back to work. Get back to work. <laughs> All of you. Especially you, Ben. I don't trust anybody that uses their middle name as their first name. John, get back to work. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Oh boy. Good time. Uh, Jeremy asks, uh, do you think individuals that work at home, uh, work more hours or less? I know that American employees already work more hours than most from other countries. I don't know. I'll let you two weigh in on that. I put in a solid 12 hours a week from home. So (laughs) (laughs) the results, uh, indicate that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Chris, I think for me, I put in more hours as an at-home employee than if I worked in an office because I have boundary issues. So that's me. That's not a company problem. When I worked from home during the pandemic, I definitely put in more hours. That was that was rough. But I couldn't tell if it was because it was the pandemic or mm-hmm. because I got used to doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I, if I work from home, it is not an effective use of time at this point. You're fixing refrigerators. I'm a repairman <laughs> hugging my clients. Should have seen the look in her eye. She's like, you accomplished something. And I was like, I, I know. Is, is, is that is that sweat on your brow? Is it? I know. Did you scrape a knuckle? I did scrape a knuckle. It's funny you ask. <laughs> oh, my. Nothing like manual labor, scraping a knuckle. Uh, all right, let's come back with a couple more benefits, and we'll hit that other question. You guys good with that? Yeah. Yes. All right, and then we'll do our stock picks. Oh boy, is it? Has it gotten worse for me, Dame? Time will tell. <laughs> oh, that seems bad. Um, okay, in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Got an email from an emailer. As it's just a person, but the fact that they sent an email makes him an emailer anyway. Uh, they wanted to know what sort of good benefits should they recommend that their uh, employer has. 
Dan, we've talked about some of these benefits, what's good, what's bad. Life insurance, disability insurance, vision, dental. Like these are things that um, maybe your employer doesn't have to pay everything for, but at least allow you to secure those benefits on a voluntary basis, mm -hmm. I, I think can make some sense. No? Yeah, it's interesting, especially nowadays when there are so many two income households on how much those benefits actually get picked up. But just to have that option available to you can make a huge difference in somebody's finances. Kristen, do you care about the the voluntary benefits that we have? Is that impactful to you? I mean, I don't, you know, whatever you want to say. <laughs> yes, because I think it provides an opportunity to elect into something that I might not be as inclined to go out and do the homework for myself. Like if we had a service that helped us put together a will, I might have an estate plan, you guys. I don't know. I'm working on it. I felt <laughs> passive aggressive. I'm working on it. Uh, so... How about this? How about financial wellness? Now that that seems like we're really uh, <laughs> sort of loading us up here. I will I will note this: there are more wellness benefits that companies of all sizes get into, whether it's nutritional wellness or mental health uh, resources. And of course, what we do is uh, as an organization serving hundreds of companies across the country in financial wellness to make sure that we can problem solve people's financial lives so they can actually focus on their jobs. Uh, Kristen, given that you've been in that industry for a very long time, um, I'm curious, do you see a difference from the smaller companies that are our clients and the people that call from that versus the larger companies? Or is it just people like anyone else who just has financial challenges they need to get past so they can focus on the things they care about? Are you saying, can you clarify that question? Are you saying that you think it's more impactful for smaller businesses, like from a, like that benefit? No, I guess what I'm saying is it's like smaller companies employ people just like larger companies. And so the fact that we help people who work at smaller companies, they have the same sorts of problems as the people who work for larger companies. What I'm saying is it's like, just because you have a small company doesn't mean your people are completely taken care of or vice versa. Yes, I completely agree with that because I don't even know how much I think it matters, like what role you might have or what industry you might work in. The way that your problems present themselves may look a little bit different, but I think when you're able to talk to an expert who can help you bring it down to um, a level that feels manageable and has less anxiety for you because we're all financially stressed, then I don't it doesn't necessarily, like I said, matter how, whether it's small, big, we all have when they come down the same, the same concerns about trying not to live paycheck to paycheck and saving for our future and breaking dependence on income. Dame, anything you want to add to that or any other benefits that would make sense for a company of 25 people to offer? I think before you get ready to offer a benefit, especially in a company of that size, make sure you wholeheartedly stand behind it. It's not just a check the box thing, because if you can communicate it well to your employees and show them the value and the benefit from it, they will get much more value out of it. The more uh, the more paternalistic you can be on on certain things, the bigger impact your dollars buying that benefit are going to take. Man, isn't that not the truth? I mean, it really is. If, if top down, if it's not important and you expect other people to think it's important, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, I had, uh, even this week, um, we pay a lot for health insurance. Oh, we do. And, and you do too, your premiums. And it's like, okay, 
Uh, if you don't get a wellness visit every year, if you don't go get that free doctor's checkup that, that you are due, like, what are you doing? You're just wasting your money. Go do it, you know? And so I'm doing it on May 8th. What if I come back? I'm like, guys, I got news. I'm oh, pregnant. No. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> okay, next email. Good day, Kristen and Co. Featuring the Dunn brothers. Oh, I like that. Mm. I like that. That's nice. I have a topic... I have a topic that I think may make for some decent discussion. In today's world of overconsumption, it's very easy to afford almost anything a person wants due to the ability to use financing or buy now, pay later options. I know this should not be used to afford things you cannot already afford, but what about people who can afford something but instead choose to pay over a short period of time to maintain cash and investments? Do any of you think it's worth it for someone who can afford something outright to choose a finance to choose to finance it over a short period of time with no interest. For example, for example, once we move, I plan on purchasing equipment for a home gym for around 4,000 American dollars. But instead of spending all of that at once, I could pay an affordable $333 a month over a year instead. For some background, my wife and I are 29 in the process of building a nice but modest home for around $250,000. We've worked hard and have been diligent savers, investors over the first six plus years of our working careers. We have a regular duplex that cash flows around $2,000 a month and currently live in a condo that will be a rental cash flow uh, around $500 a month once we move into our new home later this year. We have $105,000 in 401ks, $70,000 in, uh, in Roth IRAs, and $75,000 in non-qualified brokerage. We also have $30,000 in cash for a rental property, emergency fund, and an additional forty dollars between our checking and savings accounts. Peace and blessings, Dylan. First off, are you looking to adopt? Because I would love to be your son. Pete, uh, what do you think the likelihood is that Dylan is in finance somewhere, some way, based on how he laid everything out, some of the terms he used, NQ brokerage? That's a good question. Yeah, NQ is a is a stands out to me. I'm gonna go. I think he's a uh, computer engineer. I think he's mm. a yeah. That's what I think mm. he is. Kristen, what do you think he is? I think that maybe like a science E field, but is mm. very type A, like Enneagram one, Enneagram three, just an overachiever. I uh, I think if I had to put money on it, Dylan's an accountant. I can see that. I don't think he's in per I don't think he's in the investing world uh, for a few different reasons, <laughs> but all the talk about real estate, um, usually people in the investment business don't talk a lot about real estate as their mm -hmm. primary sources of investments. Mm -hmm. True. Um, I have no problem with this. I mean, look, anytime someone email, emails us with this much detail and these many good things, and, and it's hard to even poke a hole in what they're doing, I trust this person's judgment. Of course, do it. I have no problem with that. It cash flows better. Uh, Kristen? I don't have reservations about it really, which is kind of surprising because I tend to be, uh, <laughs> I tend to be very worried about people's behavior, but I feel like the proof is in what they've been able to create. The only thing would be, I don't, did they tell us how much money they make? Nope. No. No. Uh, we can guess. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, if they make like an exorbitant amount of money, I might feel a little bit differently because maybe other balances could be higher, but I doubt it. And so for that reason, I don't think I have any reservations. Uh, 
Dylan, you have to email us back because we're about to guess your household income. Okay, we're about to all guess your household income. Price is right rules. Price is right rules. You cannot go over. Cannot go over. If you go over, you lose. Closest one to the number gets it. Okay. All right. We're both. We're both. All three of us are looking at this here. Mm. Okay. I, I have my number. Uh, we have to write them down. We have to write them down because you guys are some cheating sons of guns. All right, I've written mine down. Christy doesn't have writing utensils because she's a millennial. She had to prick her finger and write in blood. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. <laughs> Dame's got like a carpenter's pencil. That's in the other side of the building I'm in. All right, Kristen, you go first. I'm scared. I don't want to go first. <laughs> Boy, I think high stake. I wrote two eighty five, but I think it's <laughs> well. Kristen's lost. <laughs> I have not done. lost. No, guaranteed gone. No way. Okay, Dame. That's fine. Oh, you know, wait, hold on. What is that? What did you got? Two fifty. Nope, you're wrong See? too. You're going too. It's one seventy. Well, you know what? Let's uh, let's hold off on judgment until we see stock picks. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm good at this. I'm I'm always good at this. I'm terrible at stock picks. The answer is one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Do you, Kristen, do you have access to this email account? Oh, we've blown by the segment. Coming up after the break, more on the Pete the Planner show. I'm Pete the Planner. Holy cow! I blew it by twenty seconds. I, I didn't have my clock started this segment, or I I was relying on the two of you to reel okay. us in. Forget that. Well, that who cares about this stupid syndicated radio show? Let's get to the heart of this. <laughs> can we get this person's email address right now? I uh, don't have it. I I can get to it. We, um, no, because it comes we, to Ask Pete. No, I ah, can't. Sorry. Bless America. Dylan, we have got to know. But here's the thing. Dylan might not listen to the show. Dylan might read the column because it all goes to the same place. And so Dylan might be thinking, I got to write a column about this. Is uh, Oh, it says Kristen and Co. So that is a podcast listener. That is true. Um, is is Ashley in HQ2 today? If Ashley's in HQ2 today, get us an email address, please. Wow. Gee, many Christmas. I said, please. Okay. It just seems like, it's like, wash my car. Wash my stretch limo. Um, Ashley, if you're here, can you, you please uh, slack me that? I gotta know. I mean, I know I'm right. I, I'm gonna. I don't like wagering. I find it to be gross. But I'm gonna wager with both of you right now. Oh. Okay, Kristen. Oh no, I don't. I don't gamble. No, no, one sided. <laughs> one sided. I will pay you. The difference between your guess and hers. To have my dollars. will drafted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. If. <laughs> Okay. I don't know if I have the guts to promise things here today. I will buy you lunch the next time you're down here. McAllister's. If I'm wrong. Okay. Okay. Dame, next time you're down here, I will buy you lunch again if I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll buy my own lunch on the company card. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> Man, I wonder if I'm going to get a nasty email from the radio station about blowing by by 18 seconds. That's not bad. I mean... Just a little less Johnny Cougar Melon Camp is Let's all you're going to get. Cut a couple buffers out here and there, and you'll be right on time. So that means I probably need to take 18 seconds out of you this know one. What? Who cares? This is like Price is Right. Okay. So if it is um, below, if it's like 249, Dame loses. Okay. 
It's not going to be, but okay. I should have gone $1. I could have just smoked you all. I'm going to tell you why it's 170 because um, I'm right. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. That's honestly I really like the logic. The logic. I, love I, you know what? I'm, I'm reconsidering. Here. They're 29 and they've got, was it 200, 250 or 300,000 between investment accounts plus a rental plus and rentals. a condo that they're going to, Pete, there's no way. I feel they, like they've got cash. I may have done a miscalculation. <laughs> or or they've either got cash or they inherited money and they made really smart decisions with it. So that it could be. Could be. Then you might be right. I feel like but, they live frugally. I feel like they've got a little bit of fire in them. They could. Mm, that could be. Could be. All right. Stick by my, my word. Okay. Frugally Speaking to of- the tune of a $4,000 home gym. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, take all the money they're saving on on anytime fitness. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do the stock picks. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, um, let's not blow by this segment. I don't want to screw are we, me. Are we doing sixteen seconds less, or are we just know. letting it roll? Who cares? <laughs> I don't know. Did I, do? Did I give up? Uh, in three, two. One. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Sorry for the abrupt end of the last segment, but I lost track of time and got to pay them bills. Um, every year on this show, we make predictions as to what the stock market might do uh, in the coming year. And as as I hope you know, it's for fun. It's for entertainment purposes. Sometimes I might make a pick just to make you giggle. I'm not really trying to guess right. But the most important element to all of this is we do not want you to take action on what our predictions are. Kristen, uh, uh, that is a sincere request, correct? That is of the utmost sincerity. Do not listen to us. Do not act on this. This is not financial advice. And it is going to become very clear very shortly why you should not do as we say. And just because a person slaps their name on the title of the show doesn't mean they know more than other people. And so, Dame, uh, take us down the path to enlightenment, please. Uh, Pete, would you like to start with the winners or losers picks? Well, for me, it's two of the same. Uh, Whatever you got. All right, let's start with winners. Uh, Pete, as you might recall, do you remember who you picked for your winner this year? I don't remember anything. Okay, all right. I'm grumpy. Pete went really bold and went banking in 2023. He chose Bank of America as his winner this year. And as you may or may not remember, the banking industry has been rock solid through the first quarter and such uh, so far in 2023. Pete, Bank of America has returned a stellar negative 12.10% for the year. Okay. So I'm not doing well on that one. What did well, you choose? What did I mean, Kristen choose? I, I mean, we have to see the rest of the picks. You can't really judge just off of one return. I I chose Apple. Tim Apple has returned 30.18%. Not a negative 30.18, but a positive 30.18%. And Kristen went with a very contentious pick of Tesla as her winner for this year. As you remember, towards the end of last year, there was all the Twitter kerfuffle, and uh, we just weren't sure on how that was going to work out. Well, it's working out pretty well because Tesla is up 36.19% for the year. That's right. Kristen is leading 
the winner category with a 36.19%. That's almost 50 points more than Pete's pick. Hot podium finish, though. Top three. That's Good true. Oh, oh, podium podium <laughs> finish. Uh, okay. So needless to say, again, this is just for entertainment purposes. Uh, it's not like we're Jim Cramer where we're like, do this. And then like two months later, they're out of business. Like, and he's like, do this. Like we're, we're telling you don't do this. One of us might, one of us might be like Jim Cramer, but who you are, you're kiss of death right now, man. You're Jim Damer. (laughs) Only, only because that's a name that you came up in a slap happy fit on the way back from Chicago. Oh, man, that worked out. Uh, all right, what about the losers? Losers. Well, a uh, similar name. Pete went with Tesla because he doesn't <laughs> like people. <laughs> so his loser pick is up 36.19%. I can't even, I'm so good, I can't even lose. I'm so good, I can't even lose. The people are like, how's it going? I'm like, if anybody better, it better, I'd be lying. I don't know. <laughs> I... <laughs> I went with Xerox, as you remember, Kristen's favorite paper company, Xerox. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I am up 8.27% for the year, so I am still in positive territory. Not nearly as positive as Pete, but I am, I'm still making money. Kristen, the smartest of all, chose Rite Aid. Uh, she's down 35.1% oh for her loser. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Pete, Kristen, that's you take yeah. over my portfolio. That's a 70-point spread between your pick and her pick, uh, in case we're, we're keeping track at home. Amity, Christmas. Wow, Kristen. I her. I feel like we should not brag so much about this, because I feel like at the end of the year, this is going to come right back and get me. We'll see. Well, let's. Uh, I feel like I'm going to fare much better in the next one. Uh, all right, Dame? S&P 500 pick for the year. Uh, now we'll have to do a little bit of mental math to extrapolate where this could end up. Pete, you chose 19% up for the year. Yep. 19%. Uh, I chose two because I'm a pessimist at heart, and you all know this. Yes, yes. And Kristen chose 13%. So far, year to date, we're looking at about seven and three quarters percent for the year. Seven and three quarters percent. So... Uh, how are the two of you feeling on this? Are there any revisions? Are you good with 13 and 19? Yeah. What do you think, Kristen? What, I mean, are you, are you feeling good about your pick? I feel like you're just trying to get into my investor's mind here. Um, I feel okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel okay about it. There's, there's a lot of year left. There's plenty of time for me to lose all three categories. So I'm just going to stick with what I got. Subscribe to Kristen's Twitter channel for more in, uh, investment picks. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, your TikToks. Oh, yeah. Are you still keeping up that personal finance TikTok channel? No, because TikTok is going to get banned. What a waste of effort. Uh, Dame, how are you feeling about your 2%? I might have undershot a little bit, but you know, I, at least I'll be happy that I was wrong because it'll be higher than that. Uh, I feel very confident, very confident about my pick. And I will also say that None of this is actually surprising to me and, and half seriousness as I am primarily an index fund investor. Uh, so the, I feel like I have a better sense of what they do as opposed to individual equities, proving once again how much harder it is to choose a winner versus a basket of winners. And uh, at least uh, that's what I'm going with. Pete, if you had to take the under or over 
for the S&P 500 based on your 19, are you going over 19%? Do you think it's going to be a 20 plus percent return year? 22%. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. We're in like a slight morass right now. Like we're like a slight, like, mm, I think, I think we're going to find our way out of it in August after the debt ceiling, you know, fest that's going to tank the market and then it's going to recover strong through the end of the year. I think that's what's going to happen. So uh, the debt ceiling, we're supposed to run out of money in June, but now projections say it's going to be closer to July, late July, if, when that's all going to go down. And I think that'll spook the markets. But once it's done, I think we'll be uh, up and rolling. Do not act on that, anyone. I still see plenty of news stories saying they anticipate, I think it's a 60% of economists uh, expect a very mild recession still yet this year. Now who's the skeptical economist? All of us. All of us. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, all right. So no revisions uh, to the numbers other than I'll revise mine up uh, a little bit. David, doesn't this, I mean, does this not prove that this is hard to pick individual stocks? Or is Kristen making it seem like, well, Kristen can do it. Anybody can do it. Like, what's the what's the take? There here? it is. Um, I, yeah, I... I Ideally, I mean, this is almost like a public service spot that we're doing for everybody, right? I mean, we're we're financial professionals, and you and I are showing our either uh, ineptness or luck at picking some of these things off, you know, one-off uh, selections. And Kristen's just showing that she's a genius on all of these things. So I don't, I don't know. I I think it does highlight how incredibly difficult it is, and what day trading really only works when you're in a market that's going one strong direction one way or the other. And Jeremy from the flight deck notes, uh, do you really, I would think that student loan repayments and credit card debt is going to kill the market. I don't know. A reasonable point, but here's the other thing. Those credit card repay or student loan repayments would have to start back up. I'm now of the belief in, since we're in bad prediction episode of the year, <laughs> um, the closer we get back to election season, it, who's going to restart those? You think the Biden administration is going to restart payments the closer we get to election season now that President Biden has just announced his re-election campaign? No chance. Dame, do you think they're going to restart anytime soon? Getting extended yet again. Right? Yes, absolutely. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I I, I, under, I I just can't fathom the lack of justification for extending the moratorium on payment. I just can't. Anyway, let's take a break. That's what we got to do. Come up after the break. The biggest waste of money of the week and the news right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. I ended somewhat early, not knowing how early I should really end. So yeah. I some board tech is going to be cussing me. It's okay. You'll never hear it. That's true. I don't know you. I don't know. I'm sorry. I think I've got a really good bomb this week. Great. I was impressed last something. week. You, well, no, you were so good on bomb last week, Kristen and Dame, like unbelievable. You guys what were last like week? twenty bucks or something. Uh, let me look. It wasn't a slot car, was it last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was huh? that slot car thing? Was that you guys that got close to them? Oh no, it was two weeks ago that you were close. <laughs> Man, I'm wrong about everything today. <laughs> I, literally I, okay. everything. I think I did okay on the slot car. Oh, you guys did good no. on the body wash, the pa the BW1 yeah. body wash. Oh. 
the the one that uh, dirt, sweat, and anything else that might find its way onto your skin. Remember that copy? I was like, what? Yeah. Okay. All right. This is going to get ugly for you all. You ready? Can hardly wait. Probably. In three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planner show, is the Louis Vuitton by Mark Newsom Cabinet of Curiosities. Louis Vuitton collaborates with Mark Newsom to transform their signature trunk, dubbed the Cabinet of Curiosities. The trunk contains its heritage details on the exterior featuring monogram of canvas with gold hardware and leather handles. The Australian designer reimagined the interior with 19 removable leather cubes to display and store books and trinkets. The blocks come in three different sizes and are available in bright yellow, multicolor, and the house's signature neutral shade. All right, so Kristen and Dame, here's the thing here. Um, this is... A trunk, the, the classic like steamer trunk for Louis Vuitton. It's a hard-sided trunk with a classic LV print. But this one has some leather IKEA-looking cubes <laughs> in the middle of it. What do you think this cost, Kristen? What do you think this Louis Vuitton by Mark Newsom Cabinet of Curiosities costs? Let's go forty-nine hundred. $4,900. Okay. $4,900. Writing that down. Okay. Uh, Damon? Uh, I will go with $50,000. Oh, so one of you guessed $4,900 and the other one multiplied by 10 and then added something. Whew. What if I told you that you were both so wildly wrong that this is why we continue to do this segment? $243,000, a quarter of a million dollars for a piece of luggage with Amazon quality cubes on the inside. For a toy box, essentially, is what you're getting here. Isn't that insane? I mean, I thought, I thought you were just really happy about this because you, did you say you were uh, packing in cubes now? I am a cube packer <laughs> now. I have switched to cube packing. That's my jam. Uh, Dame? What's in the news this week? <clears throat> Charge more and see what happens, which is kind of apropos after Blomp. That's exactly what many consumer-facing corporations, including Chipotle and McDonald's, did in response to historic inflation. And it's worked out pretty great for them, if we're being honest. Their earnings reports say so. Chipotle increased prices and store traffic also increased, the company said. And PepsiCo products were 16% pricier last quarter, but it sold only 2% less of them, resulting in a 10.2% sales bump. Consumer giants Kimberly Clark, Nestle, and Procter & Gamble raked in more revenue last quarter after they jacked up prices by 10%. Higher sticker prices helped GM add almost $1,800 to its per car profit in North America to grow its revenue. But the good times won't last. After more than a year of getting hammered by inflation, consumers are starting to resist paying farmer's market prices at grocery stores. PepsiCo CFO said customers have already been opting for cheaper products, and the CEO of McDonald's told the Financial Times that customers were starting to push back on the company's beefier price tags. Looking ahead, execs at companies like Coca-Cola say it's only a matter of time before they'll have to stop increasing prices or risk losing customers. Chipotle 
has already made that decision, revealing it has paused price hikes. Kristen, when's the last normal meal that you've had that you you looked up and you're like, whoa, that was a lot more expensive than I thought it'd be? Um, Not even a normal meal. I'm a Diet Coke from McDonald's girly, and drinks at McDonald's aren't a dollar anymore. What are and they? And $1.38. Whoa. Yep. The large went up yeah. from a dollar to a dollar thirty-eight. So uh, I, I'm going to ask a question that you're going to be uncomfortable to answer. Um, when you're just, when you go to for lunch anywhere, lunch, even dinner, how often do you look at the price of an item, especially if it's a common item, like a cheeseburger versus like a tuna sandwich? Now, steak, I mean, you're going to look at what a steak costs or look at what seafood costs, but how often are you just getting a sandwich or a salad or something like that? Do you actually look at the price? Kristen, do you ever actually look at the numbers? Pretty much always, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Dame? Yeah, I, I take a nice little peek around the menu and see where things are at. Okay, so sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But it's when it's a normal item. Like I went to a restaurant the other day. I ordered a, a tuna sandwich on wheat, right? Tuna on wheat with chips and a coffee. It was $22. What? And I was oh in my. Indianapolis. This was not like, oh, uh, where in the world is Peter? It wasn't that. This was at home. <laughs> $22. And I was like, wow. How? That's shocking. That's Dame and I had both had lunch for less than that the other day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was good. No, it's good. Uh, what else is in the news? I'm going to read a quote to you and then I'll give you some context behind it. Ideally, there should always be ways to add more friction a way that when you click to access the account you have to wait a minute or you have to listen to a song you hate end quote that was from shlomo benarzi yeah yeah benarzi yeah Yeah. that's what i said (laughs) Uh, just like a ucla behavioral economics professor describing how making online accounts less convenient could help people resist the temptation to spend their savings. Money in Apple's new savings accounts, for example, can be accessed instantly, unlike withdrawals from many other online accounts. The tech giant said the account is designed to be as transparent as possible and give ready access to cash uh, is intended to give customers more control over their financial lives. Pete, Kristen... How do we feel about putting barriers between people and their money? Kristen? I just don't know (laughs) why a company that wants you to spend money would want to put a barrier between you and needing them more when it comes to your debt. Yeah, this is a weird one for me. Um, I I think he's theorizing with those comments. because there's no way you should make it harder for someone to get their their money out. Do you remember uh, a few years ago when Betterment froze redemptions mm-hmm. when the market got weird? And I'm a huge fan of Betterment. They froze redemptions when the market got hairy. And they just made the call. They were just like, no, nah, don't care. We're freezing redemptions. And I had like a massive problem with that. I wasn't trying to take my money out. I was leaving it alone. I don't really care. But I think making it harder for people to get their money is a is a problem now that being said i gotta be honest i i do like when companies don't allow 401k loans like we don't allow 401k loans 
I think it's a slightly different situation. I don't know. I like um, I like the theory behind it because I we we uh, our team at Your Money Line has a pretty regular conversation about people who say they they put money into a savings account but they always end up spending it and there's there's some issues there that, that we can help them solve and i can see where this this gentleman's coming from by saying listen if, if we can put a little bit of friction in order to try and break that cycle for someone without the assistance of somebody else or some other entity maybe that's not a bad thing I mean, I'm the one that put that one sec app on my phone that uh, makes me wait 20 seconds to open social media, but that's not my money. I need right. my money. I want my money. I, I, whether I'm looking at food pics on Instagram, I want my money. I, but we will often list as one of the benefits of an online savings account as the fact that it's out of sight, out of mind, and it's going to take a couple days to get the money. So there's a little bit of a roadblock naturally there. There is, but that's a roadblock that we've created for ourselves, not that it was exactly. installed without our permission. Or I guess you have to opt in by getting into that account. But if you're on an account, then they add that barrier. I would not be happy. Okay. I agree with that. Wow. I got aggressive. Look, Jeremy, I uh, on the live stream, I do look at prices on menus. <laughs> but if I'm if I'm like, oh, hey, a buffalo chicken wrap. Oh, a cup of soup. I'm not looking at the price because I'm just like, I'm just going to eat that quick and be done. And it should be like nine to $12, not $22 for a cup of coffee and tuna. Right, Kristen? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. I'm done with all of this. Oh, I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. This is Pete the Planner. And this is the Pete the Planner show. You guys, I got to be honest. I think I was terrible on the radio today. I'm, I blew by. I couldn't think what's going on. I oh, stayed up late to watch the draft. It was just a bad show. So all my podcast, oh my podcast, what a narcissist. All the podcast <laughs> listeners and live stream people, my deep uh, my deepest apologies. Uh, money back guarantee today. I will refund all of your money. Hmm. I don't I don't think you're nearly as bad uh, as you you think. It's terrible. I, I was talking to one of our new coworkers this morning. I was like, "Oh, a radio show, it's sort of clever. It's a show that a show." And so she's like up there listening and I'm like on here going, Like I'm just like I feel like such a failure right now. I just it's hard. It's hard. All right. Anyway. Okay, anybody have anything else to say? Kristen, you've got your big uh soiree mm -hmm. are you getting mm -hmm. for, dressed formally like what, what do you wear when you have people over to eat beef what do you do um the less formal the better just like leggings and a sweatshirt i would say like there's a lot of beef i was like is it like a chaps party everyone shows up <laughs> in chaps yeah and cowboy hats yeah damn are you doing anything remotely interesting this weekend No, the undertone there was <laughs> kind of got a track meet. That's about it. Well, see, Damien and I have very similar weekends. I mean, they're just different sports, right? Like, so we enjoy them. We enjoy our family. We enjoy watching mm -hmm. things, but they're, I mean, they're not that interesting. No, uh, I have a little bit of an interesting morning tomorrow morning, and it's going to allow us to make more predictions. Uh oh, Chris, Dame, I'm running a 5K tomorrow morning. 
<laughs> oh, All right. okay. Okay. I'm running a 5K tomorrow morning, and uh, my daughter's running it, and, and Mrs. Planner's running it. But my daughter's running it, so she doesn't have to run it at school because they have to run it at school and she doesn't want to get sweaty during the day. So she just has mm. to beat 38 minutes. And Mrs. Planner said, I, I will pace you through 38 minutes. And I was like, well, I'm going too, but I want to beat them. And then at dinner last night, Mrs. Planner's like, I can smoke you anytime I want at this, but what you're going to do is you're going to run alongside of us and the last hundred meters, you're going to sprint like a loser yes. and beat us both. Aren't you? And I was like, <clears throat> Oh, absolutely. But now I'm like, okay, I'm either going to do that, which I have to, or I'm just going to run it for real. So if I run it for real, which I think is what I really want to do, let's predict my times. <laughs> <sighs> Are we writing these down too? No, no, no. We can just oh, come okay. with it. <laughs> uh, I will say 2830. Oh, Okay. Was that offensive to you, Pete? Or were you like, no, oh, I no. just, I, no, not at all. Uh, what do you think? A, a yes, 10 minute mile puts no, you, a 10 minute mile puts you at like 31 minutes. Sure. Right. So that, I think 31. you'll, I think you'll break a 10 minute pace. I think I will be closer to Kristen's prediction. Dame, you're way too kind. I've not run a 5K in some time. So we'll see what happens. I think I I'll do. be like 32 minutes. I just figured you were stubborn enough that you would force yourself to break That's 30 Oh, I might. Uh, I just have to beat my my family. That's all. I mean, beat my family. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's I great. Beat my family. Yeah. I, I got to go. This is the worst radio show I've ever done. And that's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to take this hard the rest of the day. It's been a long week. All right, everybody. Um, stay getting money.